Hello, and welcome to another edition of the State Bar of Michigan's On Balance podcast on Legal Talk Network. I'm Molly Rands. And I'm Joanne Hathaway. We're very pleased to have Adriana Linares join us today as our podcast guest to talk about tech foundations and recommendations for a successful law firm. Adriana is a law practice consultant and legal technology coach. After several years at two of Florida's largest law firms, Adriana launched LawTech Partners. She has years of experience working with law firms, legal departments, legal aid groups, and legal technology startups. And with that, Adriana, could you even share some more information about yourself with our listeners? Sure. Thanks for having me, first of all. I always like to make sure everyone knows out loud and clear that I'm not an attorney. I am a legal technology consultant, but the only thing I have ever done for the past 20-something years is help lawyers with their technology. So I love talking about how to launch a law firm, the types of products and services and tools that lawyers and law firms of any size can and should be using in order to you know, run successful, profitable, secure law firms that create really good relationships with their clients. Adriana, thank you so much for being here today. Let's start with what many tech professionals believe is really the foundation for their firm, which is Office 365. I know you recommend this for law firms. Can you explain why, what is included, and how lawyers should go about making their version decision? I think Microsoft 365 is just one of the greatest gifts that have been given to business people In general, I think business services is great, and I think that's an important place to start. Microsoft has typically two areas. I don't want to call them like levels because they're not levels. They're service buckets. Let's say it this way. There's two buckets of Microsoft Office 365. There's what they call home and school or what you would consider a personal Office 365 account, and then there are business 365 accounts. With both of those, but specifically, let's talk about the business side because hopefully we're talking to people who own a law business, work at a law business, or are thinking about launching their law firm. You really want to make sure you click through on the Microsoft Office 365 product pages and make sure you're selecting a business suite. And those start anywhere from about five or six dollars and go up per month per user. The most typical level that a law firm wants is the Microsoft Office Business Standard, and that's about $12.50 per user per month. That includes Microsoft Exchange with email service. So let's say you're a Google user and you've got Google Workspace, which is Microsoft's competitor, so to speak, from Google. If you have Google that's powering your email, and you have your professional email through Google. So I've got like, you know, my email is powered through Google. I have an at lawtechpartners.com domain that Google services for me, right? But of course, I need Microsoft 365 for Outlook, PowerPoint, Excel, and all of the other wonderful products that come with it. OneDrive, it has a booking software, all sorts of smaller services that are important I happen to pay $8.50 for a lower tier of Microsoft 365 because I'm using Google Workspace for email. Now, the only reason I'm saying that is I find that many of the attorneys that I talk to actually have Google Workspace, and that's fine. 
You're still going to need Microsoft 365 for those business-critical tools. Word, specifically, is what we're talking about, at least I am. And then you can certainly mix and match Google with Microsoft. But at the core, like you said, Molly, is Microsoft 365. You want to make sure you're looking at one of the business bundles. And then you're either going to pay $8.50 a month per user if you're using some other email service provider. But most attorneys are going to want to and should be using Microsoft Exchange that comes with that $12.50 a month bundle. Look, the pricing goes up from there too. You can have added security features, a lot of other benefits that you go up. But I find that probably 90% of the attorneys that I either talk to with an existing account or help get you know, the account set up or we're working through are using that business standard. Adriana, can you explain what features are included in Office 365? So, of course, you've got your normal products that you think of when we used to have Office 365. So I think that's just a little important tidbit we should mention. It used to be called Office 365 when you were basically paying for Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, and OneDrive, maybe OneNote. Then as they added a lot of extra tools and features, it's become bigger than just the office suite of products. So now we pretty much call it Microsoft 365. And many of you might see when you open office.com or open up your Microsoft 365 app, it says Office 365 is becoming Microsoft 365. So you get the basic things that you're thinking of, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, and OneDrive. Then of course, now we get Teams and you get OneNote. But if you actually click on the button in your Office 365 app that says all apps or more apps, beyond that, you get things like forms. You can create surveys, quizzes. They get created in a cloud-based environment where you could send off questionnaires to clients, get those answers back via email. They have a product called Lists, and it's a dumb name if you ask me. (laughs) It's called Lists, like a to-do list. But it's called Lists. And if you think of it like Microsoft Excel and Access, the database that used to be very popular, if they had a baby, they would create this product called Lists that allows you to really create, share, and track data in a really visual and interesting way beyond what Excel can do. You know, Excel is designed for numbers, for figures. And in legal, we're often trying to use Excel for things like exhibit lists or evidence, you know, tracking and reporting. And maybe there's a better tool for that. And I think lists, if you go watch some YouTube videos on it, is amazing for that. It comes with a product called To-Do. Now, To-Do is designed for one person to manage their to-do list. But if you work with multiple people, then you also get a tool called Planner. Now, Planner is a Kanban-style form of project management for a group of people. You also get Visio. if anyone's ever interested in Visio, which I don't get a lot of lawyers looking for Visio. Complex information can be visualized with a product like Visio. Speaking of projects, you also get Microsoft Project. You get bookings. So let me spend just a moment talking about bookings. A lot of attorneys are interested in a booking software. I'd like to be able to send my client a link to my calendar, but I don't want them to grab a time whenever they want. I certainly don't want them to see what's on my calendar. I just want them to be able to grab appointments for 30 minutes on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock. So I think there's a lot of 
fear of attorneys doing that because they think they will lose control of their calendar. Well, today's booking softwares allow you to create really specific calendars to say, okay, well, I'm going to only do 15-minute free consultations on Mondays and Wednesdays. My clients can make appointments on Tuesdays and Thursdays. My partners in my firm can grab a time whenever they want. So you get a lot of control over your calendar and making it a lot easier for people to schedule time with you. There are services that you pay for, like Acuity and Calendly. There are services that may come with your practice management program that you're already paying for. And then there's a service that comes with Microsoft 365 called Bookings. And it connects directly to your Outlook calendar, which you're going to get if you're paying that $12.50 for exchange, right? Again, if you're paying Microsoft to help you manage your email. So Bookings is very cool. They also have a service called Stream, which is a place that you can create video library. And that's not everything, by the way. That's just a few of the services that you get as part of your Office 365 subscription, which is why I think for the little bit of money that we pay per month per user, there's just an incredible host of tools and services that can be really, really helpful for a solo practitioner or a bigger firm. So Adriana, we have the cloud-based Microsoft 365. What about the one-off version? So many people are familiar with those and they often get confused as far as which one they should get. What do you recommend? Well, if by one-off you mean, can I buy Microsoft Word by itself? Can I get Excel by itself? I think if you're really going to be tech-savvy and be able to really flex and move your data, your information, your calendar appointments, your emails, your snippets of text between products, it's always going to be better to go with Office 365. Plus, when you buy the one-off versions, they might not update as regularly as you get with Office 365. So regular improvements, updates, and importantly, security updates are installed on a very regular basis with Office 365. I don't think I have ever recommended to an attorney that they go out and just buy Word by itself. It would be strange because then I would say, well, where are you storing your documents? And they might say in Dropbox. And I'd say, well, Dropbox is great. I have nothing against Dropbox. But, you know, with Office 365, you get OneDrive and it integrates so well with Microsoft Word and Excel or anything else, whether you're a Mac or a PC, that I tend to be a little pushy and suggest people go to Office 365. And moving on to other software now, I'm a firm believer that all law firms need PDF manipulation software, and I believe you do as well. Can we talk about why firms should have this and what some of the options are? Yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Joanne. I just can't imagine being a legal professional, and by that I mean whether it's your assistant, your paralegal, or you as the attorney, not having a professional PDF manipulation tool. Now, what do I mean by that? That means one that you are paying for, because when you are paying for something, you're going to get a lot more features and functionality than when you're using a free version. So let's talk with the most universally recognized PDF manipulation tool, and that's Adobe Acrobat. Everyone has Adobe Acrobat Reader, and Reader is what it sounds like. It's designed for you to be able to read PDFs and then do some basic things. Someone might create a fillable PDF form, and then they send it to someone with PDF Reader, and that person can fill out the form. 
But as a legal professional, you need to be able to combine PDF files, reorder pages, extract pages, delete pages, insert pages, rotate pages, crop pages. You need to be able to redact and bait stamp if your practice requires that. You want to be able to send documents off for e-signature, which Adobe Acrobat Professional already does. And this is a quick side tip I will give. If you are paying for Adobe Acrobat and you are paying for DocuSign or a similar service like DocuSign, you are paying for two services that do the same thing. You know, it might be a good time to take a few minutes to see what you're paying for and make sure you aren't duplicating your efforts. So back to your original question, which is, you know, what are the differences and why do you want one? The amount of things that you can do with a professional PDF manipulation tool is endless. Now, the problem really is that a lot of people don't realize how much that they can do with a professional PDF manipulation tool. All those things I just mentioned, you can do. So I think it's important not only for you to be paying for a professional PDF tool, but to know how to use all of those features. There are great competitors to Adobe Acrobat. So if you are using something like Kofax or Power PDF, great. If you're paying for it, then you really need to take some time and understand all of the things that that service can do apart from just allowing you to read PDFs. You can mark them up. You can send them for collaboration. It's just a host of, of things that you can do with them. And I think it's one of those tools that people just do not get enough training on along with Microsoft Word. Adriana, moving on to another needed software for law firms, accounting software. What's your recommendation for this? And can you help us understand why? Sure. Well, it's a little bit of a hard question to answer these days because a lot of case management systems might come with some accounting built into it. And then a lot of attorneys don't do their accounting. Maybe they have a bookkeeper and or a CPA. So I would say when I'm helping a firm launch, QuickBooks is it. I've had guests on my own podcast, CPAs, that say, you know, we don't want to hear about Xero and other tools. The professional accounting world uses QuickBooks. So if you want to make it easy for an outside party to help you with your finances and your register and your reconciliations and all that, it's just going to be QuickBooks. It's kind of like trying not to use Microsoft Word. We all use Word and legal. It's hard not to use it. You can keep using WordPerfect, but I have a feeling that most of you still using WordPerfect are occasionally having to convert to Word to make those documents easier for someone else to use. So accounting kind of falls into that same category for me. A lot of people are insisting on sticking to QuickBooks desktop and you can stick to that stubbornly for as long as you want, but at some point it's all going to go to QuickBooks online. And I think we just need to accept that. So if you're looking for just standalone accounting or something that will talk to all of today's modern practice management programs, it's going to be QuickBooks. And then there's a lot of great practice management programs like Cosmolex and Zola and now MyCase, and I'm sure there are more, of course, that have some accounting built into them. So if you're going to say, well, we don't need QuickBooks because we've got it built into our case management system, it's really important that you understand what you're getting, that it meets the requirements for your accounting professionals to be able to help you at the end of the year or quarterly with, you know, your compliance and making sure your firm is financially healthy. I hope that helps. It does. Thank you. 
So talking about QuickBooks, though, you mentioned that desktop version may be going away, and I've heard the rumblings that that may be happening sooner rather than later. So, Well, I don't work for QuickBooks, and I'm not an accountant, (laughs) but I will say this. It's clear, right? Just like, by the way, Microsoft Word is slowly moving to cloud-based, right? So if you are a Microsoft 365 user, you should know that you're able to use the web version of Word the web version of Outlook. So all of these services are slowly forcing us, and it is a slow push, to move to the cloud-based versions. It's easier for them to push updates. It's more secure because we're, you know, asking and allowing these companies that spend millions, if not billions of dollars a year to protect our data to do that, right? It's safer in the cloud. So It's going to happen. And so we can stick around being as stubborn as we want with QuickBooks desktop, but eventually they're forcing us to go to desktop. And I find that a lot of times an attorney will say to me, well, my accountant is insisting upon the desktop version, but my new practice management software that I picked won't work with the desktop version. And I say, well, you're going to not go with this product that you've selected to be your most important tool, case management, and not get it or not use it because your accountant won't use QuickBooks online? My answer is find another accountant. I mean, it's just a silly corner to get pushed into. So Adriana, cost is always a consideration and understandably so. What is the ballpark figure people will have to spend monthly for all of these foundational softwares you just recommended, the PDF, QuickBooks Online, Office 365? Can you speak to that? Oh, absolutely. This is one of my favorite questions. Okay, listeners, put pause on, get your pen and your paper or pull your digital calculator out and let's do this real quick. And before we do this, I'm going to say this. 15, 16, 17, and 18 years ago, when a lawyer called me and said, I'm getting ready to launch my solo practice, what is it going to cost me? My answer was ten dollars to $15,000 to launch. That was 20 years ago. Why? Because you had to buy a server, you had to buy the software, you had to have the infrastructure, and then you probably had to have a gal or a guy who would come every month and babysit that software, that hardware for updates and just make sure everything was running. So today, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't cost you thousands of dollars to launch and or maintain your law firm. It's going to cost you a few hundred dollars a month. And it is not expensive. So if the figures we're about to add up are expensive to you, I need you to have a wake-up call because it couldn't be any easier and more affordable to launch a law firm than it is today. So let's start with Microsoft 365. You're talking about $12.50 a month per user. Adobe Acrobat Professional is $20 a month per user. Now, there is a standard version of Acrobat, which I think costs $15.99 or $16.99. It's a $2 or $3 difference. That's a perfectly fine version if you never need to redact and you never need to bait stamp. You're paying that extra $2 or $3 a month from a legal perspective, from a lawyer perspective, I should say, for those specific tools. So, I always suggest just paying the extra 2 or $3 for those extra services because even if you don't do a lot of filing, occasionally you do need to redact things and you want real reduction. So $12.50 for Microsoft 365 per user, $20 a month for Adobe Acrobat. 
an average, and this can go up and this can go down. So I'm going to give you an average of $70 a month per user for a fully functioning case management system that does a lot of important things for you to help you manage your matters, about $70 a month. And then a QuickBooks online seat is, again, kind of an average, depending on if you're doing payroll or not, for one person or one accountant to be able to get in there. You're at about $60 a month per user. So right there are your absolute basic building blocks. If you've got those four or five things, you can launch and you can have the most critical tools to get you started. Now, after that, you might add on things like having a website built. That's three to $5,000 for a simple website that'll work. You can add on things like a remote receptionist. You could add on other services, like maybe you do estate planning and you're considering a product like Wealth Council, which is designed for estate planning attorneys. Then you start adding up your costs. But the absolute basics, you're at under two or $300 a month per user, and it is a steal, a bargain compared to what it was many years ago. That's pretty amazing, Adriana. I am learning a lot, and I'm sure our listeners are too. And we are going to take a very short break for our, our conversation to thank our sponsors. Filing court documents, serving legal papers, collecting electronic signatures, all critical parts of the litigation process yet ones that are time-consuming and error-prone. But what if you could do more straight from your case or document management software? InfoTrack automates data entry, document selection, tracking, and information syncing across all these core tasks and more by integrating with your core systems like Clio, Smokeball, Leap, MyCase, and others. Spend more time on substantive legal work and less time on busy work Learn how simple it can be at infotrack.com slash simple. Welcome back. We're here today with Adriana Linares, law practice consultant and legal technology coach, talking about technology for your law firm. Adriana, let's move on and talk about more specific software recommendations. You mentioned briefly case management software, also known as practice management software. Do you recommend this and why? Yes, I 100% recommend this, even if you're a solo and probably especially if you're a solo. I certainly meet a lot of attorneys who say, well, I'm a true solo. Why would I spend $70 a month? I, I've got everything in Word documents and Excel spreadsheets and it's on my head, in my head and it's on my calendar. Well, I'm here to tell you, you can't remember everything. And there are certainly evenings or nights where you might wake up and go, oh my gosh, did I remember to file this, finish that, send that email? So case management systems are designed to help you with the very specific purpose of managing dates, deadlines, details, parties, maybe documents, time and billing for your matters. All the other tools we've talked about, like Microsoft Office and Adobe Acrobat, you know, those are just infrastructure tools that, of course, float around and become an important part of how you communicate and work. But Microsoft Word isn't going to help you calculate court dates. And Outlook isn't going to help you have a template for drafting documents, maybe a pleading that has the details of a case, like the county, the court, and the case number. 
So case management works closely with those other tools to help you not only manage all those dates, deadlines, details, and parties, but also capture the time that you're spending working on a matter and then easily, and that's a key word here, easily be able to put together a bill or an invoice and then easily be able to send it to a client so that they can then easily click to pay using a credit card or a bank transfer. So case management systems are wonderful. There's all kinds, you know, depending on what your needs are. And they're somewhere around $50, $60, $70 a month per user. And I think if you're just stubborn and saying, I don't need that, I would give it a a look, have a demo at some of them. and, And really, before you say, no, 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 I don't need that, I would say, just take a look you might find that the features that it offers are are something you didn't even realize you needed. So Adriana, it's been a buyer's market for many years now for practice management software options, which is wonderful. I can remember when I started at the State Bar of Michigan, everything was premise-based and there was no such thing as cloud and there were like three players on the market. And now every year we have more and more and more people jumping on that bandwagon, which makes it a little bit daunting to say the least because there are so many options that you have. So let's just back up and ask you for your recommendation. Do you recommend a cloud-based option or a premise-based option if there are any left? (laughs) And maybe you can begin by explaining the difference and then provide your application recommendations recommendations? Well, I have not recommended an on-prem, meaning on-premises, everyone. It means there's a server sitting somewhere on the premises of your law firm or maybe your home office that needs that care and feeding that we talked about from 20 or 30 years ago. Everything is cloud-based. Everything should be cloud-based. You've got to make sure you are doing your part to secure those services, like always turning on two-factor authentication, making sure people are have their passwords securely stored if they're going to be storing them somewhere. But the case management programs today are all cloud-based, and their job is to protect your data and your client's data. So I strongly recommend going with cloud-based. As far as the field, it is very big, and it's almost gotten too big. So my suggestion to attorneys is typically, I'll say, well, what have you already heard of? And chances are, there's a couple of names that people hear about all the time. And that means that they are popular and they are being used by a lot of attorneys. Many of your state bar associations, and including, I'm I'm sure Michigan has some member benefit practice management programs that offer a discount to members. So I think it's important to go and look at them. There are a few that are very practice specific. So if you do personal injury, there are a couple that specialize in personal injury. Most of them, I will say, are pretty general. So whether you're practicing real estate or family law, the popular case management programs of today will work for just about anybody. And they include services like being able to create custom fields. So Let me talk about that for just one minute. All of these case management systems are going to allow you to open a matter and put in basic data, like client name, client address, client email, client birthday, all the basic information. But if you practice real estate and do family law, 
There are times when you're going to want to open a matter and include custom data based on either what your firm needs or the area of law that you're working in. For example, if it's a real estate matter, you might want to have seller, buyer, agent, address of property, description, legal description for the property. If it's a family matter, you're going to want petitioner, petitionee, number of children, right? So you have different pieces of data that you want to attach to different types of matters. So these programs allow you to have these custom fields that when you're opening the matter, you say, okay, well, this is a real estate matter. I'm going to pull in those real estate fields that I created because I need them for the type of work I do. And now those fields become part of that dashboard and the information that's attached to that matter. Then those custom fields can be pushed into Microsoft Word or PDF documents so that you're not having to do double entry. So there are wonderful tools and services that are, again, just general, and you can pick a general one, or you can go and look at practice-specific services. There's not quite as many of those, I think, as there are general Good places to vet products are places like the ABA Tech Show that's coming up in February of 2024, if you get to listen to that before this. Of course, there's some great directories online. And I think the best place to really sort of do some research is to ask your peers if you're part of a listserv through your bar association or some other legal organization that you're in. You can say, hey, what's everybody using and get some feedback. Adriana, can you explain document assembly software and document management software and what your recommendation is in this area? I can. And I will say before I do this that I am a huge, huge document management snob. And document management in my world is a different terminology and has a different explanation than case management. So I'll take just a moment to try and explain this. A dedicated document management system has very sophisticated and specific uses and features for managing documents and emails. This is an important distinction, and emails. A document management system allows you and almost forces a user to properly file documents. So in Microsoft Word, if I have a document management system, I'm going to go file, save as, and a little window is going to pop up. It's going to say, what matter is this going to? And you're going to say, the Flintstone matter, okay? And then I'm going to put it in the Flintstone matter, and the next little pop-up is going to say, what type of document is this? Is it a pleading? Is it a memo? Is it research? Is it financial document? So I'm telling it what matter it goes into. I'm telling it what type of document it is, and maybe I'm adding some other details. So a document management system is very sophisticated about how a file gets filed. A document storage system, Dropbox, OneDrive, what we get with most of our case management systems, aren't that sophisticated. And the user has to navigate their way to the client's folder, to the Flintstone folder, to the matter folder, to the documents folder. So they're double clicking their way into these folders, which can often lead to files being misfiled without any extra data, like what type of document is this? What other details of the document do we want to include? So in my opinion, there's only one 
document management system in legal that is affordable, manageable, and easy-ish to implement in legal, and it's called Net Documents. Now, Net Documents does not do any case management, meaning what we talked about a moment ago, dates, deadlines, details, parties, calendaring. NetDocs doesn't do any of that because it's a sophisticated and dedicated document and email management system. So for a lot of firms, the document storage that you get with OneDrive, Dropbox, or that comes with your case management system is fine. But if you have a huge, if, if filing documents, finding documents, going back and looking for that digital needle in a haystack, trying to find the emails that everyone in the firm has contributed to a matter, if that is the bane of your existence, then you want to add a layer of technology to your tech stack, which would be a document management system like NetDocuments. And I don't want you to run out there and think, oh my God, we've got to have this. Believe me, there are firms that do, and I'm a huge fan of this service. For some of you, you're fine the way it's working. But to me, document management is very different because remember, and Joanne mentioned this when she introduced me, I started my career 20 years ago at large law firms where if you have 15 offices strewn across the country, document management is really important. So I really became a believer in and how important it is back then. And I've pushed that through my entire career, even for solos. So I have solos that use a product like NetDocuments. So you've got your case management, which helps you manage dates, deadlines, details, do your time, do your billing. For a lot of firms, that's going to cover a lot of ground. If you need a little bit more, you're struggling with document management, finding things, sorting things, then you might look at something like NetDocuments for your document management. Now, you also asked about document assembly. Document assembly is basically mail merge. So when you have a bunch of data in a dashboard for a matter, like back to that real estate example where you've got the legal description, the seller, the buyer, the amount of the sale, and you want to put that into a contract, document assembly helps you take those pieces of information and plug them into Word or PDF files. All of today's modern practice management systems have some level of document assembly. NetDocs has document assembly. And then there are sort of document assembly services on steroids like LawYaw and HotDocs, Woodpecker and Pythagoras that are popular that have much more features than just take this data and push it into that document. So I think there's a lot there. You've got your case management, your document management. You've got also accounting and finance, which can sometimes sit outside those products with QuickBooks. And the suggestion I will make as you're building this tech stack and looking at all these products, it's really important that they talk to each other. So you want integration between products to be at the core of what you're looking at and building. You want data from Clio or Rocket Matter or my case to talk to net documents or you want it to talk to your phone service. So if you have a remote or a virtual receptionist service, you want calls coming in and out to maybe connect to a matter that you've got stored in your case management system. That gets a little hairier, but I always just like to mention 
products should talk to each other, and many of them in this modern world do, and that's an important thing that you consider when you're building that technology infrastructure. So, Adriana, this has been wonderful information and a topic near and dear to my heart. And as we come to the close of our show, are there any recommendations for other software or parting thoughts you have for our listeners that you believe would help them in their law firm? And I know that's a very broad question, but... Sure. I love recommending password managers. And of course, there's password managers for business where you can share important passwords with everyone in the firm in a secure way. Text Expander is one of my absolute favorite sort of add-on services that allow you to store a library of snippets and phrases and clauses that you use all the time and be able to recall them very easily. We've talked about Microsoft 365 and Adobe Acrobat is certainly my favorite As for case management systems, I have long, long been a fan of Clio. It's been a favorite of mine for a long time. My case has really made some great advancements and improvements over the past couple years, and it's a solid product. There's a lot of great products out there. So it's very competitive, which is why I encourage you to ask your peers what they're using, because that's going to give you a head start. And look, nobody's ever 100% happy. So somebody's going to say, oh, well, yeah, I use Rocket Matter, but, but in the end, they're probably pretty happy with it. And then the next person's going to come along and say, oh, I used to use my case, but I switched to Clio because, and you know, it's kind of like asking somebody what kind of car they drive and what they like about it. So you really want to kick those tires with case management. Don't be afraid to move from one to another, by the way. It's a lot easier than it was 20 years ago to migrate data from one product to another, and a lot of these companies will help you. So I would say if you've got those basics and then want to add some extras, um, apart from text expander and password managers, I think remote receptionists can really be helpful for people. Of course, you've got to have a good website. Again, ask your peers what they're using and makes their lives easier. I think those are some of the best firsthand recommendations you can get. Wonderful information. And I would like to point out, Adriana, you've talked about case management or practice management software, and you mentioned that many state bars do Mm -hmm. have discounts associated with that. And you mentioned that the State Bar of Michigan does. And so I would like to ensure that our Michigan members listening are aware that we do have three discounts, one with Clio, one with my case. Those are both 10% lifetime discounts. And with Rocket Matter, it's a 20% lifetime discount. So please make sure if you're considering practice management software that you do, take a look at that and keep that in mind when you're making your decision. Well, it does look like we've come to the end of our show. We'd like to thank our guest today, Adriana Linares, for a wonderful program. Thanks for having me. Adriana, if our listeners would like to follow up with you, what is the best way to reach you? So my website is at lawtechpartners.com. That's where you can learn about what I do and learn about me and leave me a contact form on there. The best email address is going to be training at lawtechpartners.com. And I am on LinkedIn and the social media sites. I just don't have a lot of time to pay attention to those. So probably the website is the best place to get a hold of me. Thank you again. This has been so informative. And this has been another edition of the State Bar of Michigan On Balance podcast. I'm Joanne Hathaway. And I'm Molly Rands. Until next time, thank you for listening. 
Thank you for listening to the State Bar of Michigan On Balance Podcast. Brought to you by the State Bar of Michigan and produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Find the State Bar of Michigan and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download Legal Talk Network's free app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network or the State Bar of Michigan or their respective officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.